The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...is It's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon, here today with Michael Griffin, who is a, a CFP certificate. Yes, sir. Holds the CFP um and uh, Michael, you're a financial planner in. I'm an associate in the you're planning an associate, and imp- implementation but, department. Uh, but your Troy, position, Troy. I know it's not your position name, but it's what you do, right? Yes. You, you are a I'm financial a, planner. It's you're a certified financial planner. That's correct. Right. So uh, I wasn't trying to to give you a, a demotion or any of that. I know around here, Ansler Financial, we read the business card. All right. <laughs> and that, by the way, is Nick Antonucci. He's a uh, he's a resident pain in the. Oh well, I guess you can't say that. Yeah, but it's on but, my uh, business card. It, well, if it's not, I'm sure anyone who knows you thinks that you should put it on there. Well, Troy, I'm I'm, I'm glad he's with us this morning. Honestly, thanks, but, Troy. You know, Do you only say what up, fam, when I'm on? No, I say it all the time. Okay, just making sure. What would you say? Okay, boomer. I'm I sorry. didn't say anything. Yeah. Just checking. I, I know. Well, I think that's what you said last time. Probably. Yeah. So that's anyway, not cool anymore. It's yeah. run its course. So I'm on to something. Oh, anymore. we're over with it. Yeah. It's it's funny you say that because I got some news about that in a bit. Okay. Looking but uh, the uh, the market. Let's talk about the financial markets a little bit. Um, All we're green. We're not stopping. Never going to stop. You thought yeah. last year was a good year? We're oh, kicking. Yeah. We're, we're two weeks in and we're up what two and a half percent? Yeah. Tech's Love still it. leading. Yeah, the Nasdaq up. I think just under forty percent last year. Technology up. 4. Tech's 4. up four point eight eight more. Yeah. Awesome. That is just absolutely. Well, we do have a couple of sectors that are negative. Did you say that? Oh, no. Energy yeah. and materials down yeah. about a percent each. But you know, Troy, um, the market's never going down again, apparently. Can't uh, stop ever? it. Yeah. yeah. Th- that's the way it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter what value. If is that valuations what your, look that's crazy. That's what your crystal ball says. Is yeah. It's never going down. Up, up forever. Hey, we do have a magic eight ball here. I mean, do you want us to break it out? I don't <laughs> even know if it works anymore. Let's do it. Of course it is does. Is the market going up? That's uh from next here. question and um chances are good. Told you. That's fantastic. Yeah. So there we go. It's not I a mean, crystal ball. It doesn't have to make sense. It is but the magic eight ball. Here you go, Michael. I'll let you um mess with that from now on. You ask it whatever you want. Alrighty. But um Maybe later. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um is Troy getting a bald spot? See if that see if it tells you that. I don't know. I'll shake it. Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. Nick's got it. Yeah, this is uh this is not really uh the best radio ever. But uh, it it still qualifies. Can't predict as now. Yeah, can't predict. So there you go. There's some things that uh, that the old magic eight ball can't do either. Mm-hmm. Uh, like doesn't have you, eyes. Nick, you've been telling us all. You know, this is market goes only up. I would tell you that I don't believe that the Federal Reserve has cured the uh, the business cycle. I think we'll no. probably still have a recession at some point. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. I think what what gets confusing is at some point it just the market seems to almost detach itself from reality. And you talk about the Fed, and if you just look globally, 
uh, it's something we've talked about for a long time. The, the central banks across the world, not just here, right? When you're near historically low rates, how? What do you do when yeah. when you've gone negative in Europe? Right. Yeah, just, and you still don't have inflation. Oh, uh, it's called quantitative easing, Nick. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Oh yeah, but we're not doing that. Well, we don't want we don't want to disclose that that's what central banks are doing. So we're going to call it something else, at least here yeah. with the Fed, right? Right. Well, uh, they they really aren't averse to that. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's a way that they can manage the interest rate uh, yield curve, basically, by purchasing certain assets. Now, uh, there are some constraints on that uh, between, and, and we've talked about this before, but between 2008 and uh, just basically two years ago, yeah. I think it was 2016, uh, the Fed's balance sheet grew from 800 billion dollars to four trillion dollars in the last three months the fed's balance sheet has increased an additional 10 percent even though we're not quote quantitative easing anymore right but what we did do we we decided that we weren't going to allow those bonds to roll off right that they had purchased for quantitative easing back in the day so what we've what we've um i guess tantamount to doing uh is um we're now basically quantitative easing again. We're at least maintaining. We're not buying new bonds, which was truly what quantitative easing is. Uh, but for a long time, we maintained that that uh, balance sheet level. Right. But then we started allowing them to roll off. We lost. I don't How know, many months did we do that for? That was it was a very a short over amount. A year. Was it? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was less than that. Even, I think but. it started in October of 16. It didn't get all up to full speed where they were allowing about 50 to 60 billion to roll off per month. Uh, it only did that definitely less than a year. Right. And then uh, the Fed decided mm, inflation's not doing exactly what we want. They Stop cut that rates, cut rates, cut three, rates times. three times last year. I mean, it, it uh, definitely and, is an odd situation. And, you know, I, I sound super bearish and, and, and pessimistic. If you look at the economic data, it's not ringing recession bells right now, right? That's but there true. are some c concerning things when you look at w what the stock market has done relative to sure. economic performance. And here's, here's an article I think is really interesting in the Wall Street Journal this week. And, and the headline is, Money Losing Companies Mushroom Even as Stocks Hit New Highs. And the percentage of listed companies in the U.S. losing money over 12 months is close to 40%, its highest level since the late 1990s outside of post-recession periods. Wow. That's that's insane. Wow. That is 42% of those that are losing com uh, of those money losing companies are healthcare companies. Um, another 17% are tech stocks. Tech stocks. You, yeah, you're your IPOs. You, you don't make the, those tech, tech stocks, stocks that are up almost 40% in 2018. I mean, 2019. They were up. Tech stocks were up 50 and a half percent. In the S&P sector, yeah, the That's sector. Insane. Was, if you look at it from a year ago today, 52.77% uh, gain in technology stocks. Yeah, wow. and there's just not the earnings growth, in my opinion, that uh, supports earnings, those level that level of valuation. Yeah, earnings actually contracted. Yeah. In two th it was it was like a 56% uh, gain in price to earnings, the the uh, ratio, because earnings actually pulled back almost 5% in technology in 2019 in the tech sector. You know, it, but to put things in perspective, uh, downstairs we were having this conversation earlier. I don't think you heard it, but 
even if we went into a recession in 2020, right? Yeah. And the Nasdaq lost 40%. It sold off 40%. We'd still be back roughly where we started 2018. Yeah. Because the Nasdaq was up almost 40% in 2019. So we could have a deep recession in which the Nasdaq loses almost 50% and you're not that far below where you started. Yeah. Uh, one thing that you got to look at too is uh, 2018. So not last year, but the prior market was down a little over 4%, like yep. 4.38 mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, technology was down almost 20% in the same mm -hmm. year. So um, it started from a valuation that was lower than the overall market in 2019. But if you look at valuations, uh, 2.6 or 21.6 is the price to earnings ratio at the beginning of 2020 on the mark on, on the, the S &P overall 500. S &P 500 yeah and uh its long-term average is about 16.6 now yeah. as technology has become a bigger portion of the s p 500 you know back it's in 92 it was only five percent of the overall s p uh now it's about 24 or 5 something yeah. like that uh, valuations are also much higher over the last 10 years so um, sure. you know our average it is is uh, kind of inching up. If you shorten up the the average, you know, just to show the last few years, then you've got a much different picture. Now, the piece that we talk about more often than anything is that 10-year average, right? Right. The 10-year average is about 13.5%. Over the last 10 years, the annual return on the S&P 500 is... Which is, again, a, significantly higher than the long, than the long run average. Right, which is about 10.5 10, 10, or 6. Yeah. Right in there. So, um, But we've been going pretty much straight up except for that little blimp in 2018. Yeah, the sell-off at the end of 2018, September yeah. 20th through December I mean, 24th. but other than that, we've really for the past 10 years have been going almost yeah. straight well, I mean, up. 13.5%. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty significant. So, yep. Yeah, and, and you know – Back to what I said, there's not these glaring recession signals, but in my opinion, the economic data is starting to weaken. So you have a strong labor market, um, wages are growing, um, but outside of that, you're starting to see some cracks in my opinion. Yeah. Valuation, in my opinion, is probably one of the biggest detractors from, from uh, significant growth in 2020, but I still believe that we could be positive. Um, just not uh, to the tune of the long-term average. Well, you just really don't have anywhere else to put your money right now either, well, what we're talking about. that's absolutely true. I mean, Let's, you're making more of the market. Um, so, Michael, when uh, when we were getting out of that first segment, you uh, you said, so if you don't invest in the stock market, where else are you going to invest? It's a great question. Over the last four years, uh, the bond market, the U.S. aggregate uh, bond market, which is a, an index that uh, is put together by, used to be Barclays, now it's Bloomberg has purchased that index. There's There's been four of the last eight years where that bond market didn't even cover inflation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it matters to us and we watch it closely because it is kind of at the heart of our 10-year rule. The 10-year rule, in case you wonder, is uh, it, it's kind of our philosophy that any any money that you need uh, to spend from your assets within the next 10 years should be set on the sidelines where you can spend it without worrying about uh, the volatility in the equities market. You know, the market does go up and down. Um, however, if you think about it, we talked about 13.5% uh, uh, return, annualized, rolling 10-year number. 
Uh, so for over, for the last 10 years, that, that return has been 13.5%. Uh, inflation has been somewhere in the ballpark of 2%, maybe 2.1. I think that's where it is right now, 2.3 maybe. Um, but uh, if you think about it, um, if you're investing your money and you don't need it for the next 10 years, that 13.5% would have looked quite handsome next to inflation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you have to outgrow inflation to grow your wealth, right? Absolutely. Um, and then the money on the sidelines you would like to have so that it, uh, so that it actually marks time with inflation and protects your purchasing power. And that's truly uh, one of the tenets that we use for investing at Hensler Financial. So, um, your point, Michael, is, is well taken. Now, the same model that I use to, to uh, determine all those numbers, uh, I use for forecasting, and it's given me an indication that we're probably in for an 8.5% return in 2020. We're already, what did I say, 2.5% yeah. up uh, in the first two and a half weeks. But, hey, you know what? 2018 was a very similar situation, too. In fact, we were up 7.1% by the end of mm-hmm. January in 2018, and for the year, we wound up losing 4.4%. I'll just say to round yeah. it off. So, you know, the financial markets, equity markets are very volatile, but they have this long track record of providing you with more growth than inflation. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I would still stick to that. If you've got a, a time horizon, an investing time horizon that's longer than 10 years, then... Absolutely, because that's what we do. We invest for the long term here. I mean, we're not, we don't trade the accounts often. We invest for the long term to make sure that your investment will, you know, hopefully grow and and help you live comfortably in retirement. Yeah, we try to give you you need that money in the near term. Um, I wouldn't suggest someone new coming into the markets and saying, "Oh, I'm going to pile into equities right now," because as we said earlier, things look expensive. So. 21.6 21.6 on the price to earnings ratio of the S&P 500 in 2018, beginning of the year, it was 21.8. Yeah, and you might look at bonds and say, oh, the 10-year treasury, it's only yielding 1.8%. Yeah, I get that. But if you need your money in the, in, in the, in the near term, I'd take 2%, even if I'm losing money on a real basis, right? Well, With inflation not only that, eroding that. But I'd rather lose 30 basis points due to inflation um, than... To suffer, you know, be it be at the, the mercy 20, of the market, lose twenty percent in the market. Yeah, it, it I, depends I on what the situation is. Well, that bond market that I that I talked about missing, you know, inflation for four out of the last eight years. Last year, two thousand nineteen, it was up eight point seven percent, even with coupons being very low, as Nick noted. Yeah. So you know, even though the coupon was below two percent, uh, you're still because of the fact that we had three interest rate cuts. cuts. Yeah, uh, bond, inverse relationship. Bond prices, yeah, have an inverse relationship with with uh, interest rates. So when rates fall, prices increase. So uh, over eight percent in the bond market—that's the best it's been in a long time. I think you got to go back to like 2002 or three uh, to get returns like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, Nick, we wanted to cover a couple of things in the economy. I think the employment situation is always a big number. Yeah, the previous uh, Friday. Close. The yeah. previous Friday, uh, we got the uh, December payrolls number. 145,000 jobs were added. That was a little bit below consensus expectations. Still sufficient to keep up with population growth and unemployment held unchanged at three and a half percent. So the labor market still, as a whole, looks really strong. The only thing we're watching there, you're starting to see an uptick in continuing claims. So every week we also get jobless claims. That's going to 
be initial claims as well as continuing claims. Initial claims were down. The four-week moving average, though, for continuing claims inched up by 10,500 uh, to about 1.756 million. It's a little bit elevated um, given what we've seen probably over the last 12 to 18 months. But again, not really sounding the alarm there. A um, little bit of inflation data this week, both consumer price index and uh, producer price index data. You know, as we've alluded to, Troy, we're not really seeing a whole lot on uh, on the inflation front. Right. Two point three percent, I think, was the annualized number on both. Yeah, and for the month, I think both were up point like point one percent or point two percent on core. Yeah. So you take out energy and food. Yeah, the volatile components. Right. Um, big week for mortgage applications, up thirty point two percent. Yeah, but that's also you're comparing that to a holiday week where. Right. It, Typically, it's going to be low. You have the base effect kind of coming into play there. Uh, purchases are up 15.5. Refis up 42.7%. Bottom line there is interest rates are still crazy low. Mortgage rates are still crazy low. Uh, you're looking at a 30-year average uh, of 3.88%. Um, money's cheap. Um, worth noting, Beige Book from the Fed kind of gives you just a quick snapshot of what the Fed, uh, 12 Fed districts look like as a whole. Yeah. Increased Honestly, modest. Yeah. I feel like I've read the same report for, yeah. I don't know how many years now. The Beige exactly. Book hasn't really shown any significant change one way or the other. That's um, yep. growth looks to be low, but healthy. Um, and then lastly, retail sales, pretty strong retail sales report for December. Um, retail sales were up 0.3% after rise, rising an upwardly revised 0.3% in November. That was kind the of big widespread news this week, growth. Right? Yeah, really, really it was. Again, it still it just hints that the consumer still looks strong and yeah. is driving this economy despite the weaknesses you might start to see, the cracks you might start to see in some other some of the other economic data. The consumer remains strong. Yeah, interest rates fell, but only slightly. Uh, I think it was down hardly anything in the in the two year, but the five year, ten year, and thirty year. All fell uh, with rates um, eight eight to nine basis points, which is 0.08 or 0.09 percent. Yep. A very small amount, but it matters when you're talking about a a uh, Treasury yield curve that has a differential from uh, 1.5 in the one month out to about 2.2.7 percent separates 30 the 30 years. year from the one month. I mean, this is about as flat a yield curve yeah, as you could no ever see. Yeah, no term premium, really. Right, yeah, har hardly any. It, it doesn't make uh, much sense to tie your money up long-term at the moment. Right. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Stick around. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.